Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted host, lover of all things small business and expert in admin. Today, we've got a fantastic guest on the show. We've been in a guest fest at the moment. We're going to have quite a number of guests coming up in the next few weeks, and we've had some fantastic guests in the last few weeks too. We had Steve Huey from iFlyFlat once again best business name ever talking to us about how to best use your points we had christine pope from uh who is an expert naturopath talking about reducing your stress levels at work and of course i was talking last week about how to incorporate the old business plan that you had written a couple of years ago when you actually started into your current business now and how it evolves and should be a working document so there's stacks of really great podcasts available on the smallbizmatters.com.au website make sure you check it out and subscribe to our newsletter too. So uh, let's get started for today. Thank you very much for came, coming on the show, Kanan. Thank you, Alexi, for inviting me to the show. Now, well. I'm really excited about this show because I've been thinking about this topic for the last couple of years with Small Beers, uh, talking about succession planning for small business. Now, basically, you know, we talk about it... Um, in terms of thinking about moving on, but we don't really think about when we need to consider succession planning. And the reality is, as we were chatting about yesterday, you need to plan to finish. You need to think about your succession planning almost when you begin. How long do you think you'll be in business? Why do you think you might need a succession plan? Is there someone in the family that you'd like to see take over your business? Are you of an age where this isn't going to go on forever? Or are you actually building up a business in order to sell it? Is that is that the point of having the business? So you're an industry leader in um, business buying and selling, and you're here to talk to us about uh, your expertise on the selling process. And you're actually yes. going to come on the show in the next uh, couple of months or so, and we're going to talk about the buying process. Yes, that's right. Because it's huge. It's a huge topic, and it's a really important one for small businesses. Would you agree? Yes, I do agree with that, because a lot of people out there, um, you know, when they're looking at selling, they're not too sure what they need to do in pre- in preparation for it. Mm. And when they're looking at buying, they're not too sure what to look for it. <laughs> that's right. So. And that's what we're going to help people out with today. So let's talk about um, uh, what would be the circumstances in which you might be interested in selling your business? So what was it, what would you find with your, with your expertise, with your experience? People come to you for obviously various reasons why they might want to sell. Can yep. you give me some examples? Well, with my six years of experience working in the, in the, in the, um, in the industry, uh, there are various reasons why people might sell the business. Mm. Uh, one is they might be looking at retirement. Two is depending on the industry they're in. If they're in hospitality, they might get burnt out after five years or three years. Yeah, and like teachers. That's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> like lots of people in small business. But you, you reckon hospitality in particular get burnt out? They do get burnt out quite a lot. Is that the because they just work so hard? I mean, anybody who goes to a local cafe, it's just the same guys all the time. They're working those hours. They're there in the opening. Yeah. They're there when it closes. And you reckon that's one of the reasons why it's got a high turnover of business ownership? Yeah, that's right. Because basically, if you look at a cafe that opens at seven, mm. they might have to be there around six o'clock or mm. And if they are lucky, they close at three. They will finish by around four o'clock. But then by by the time when they go back, they still have to do all the paperwork, the GST, the bass, the boring stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And then after that, it'll be the next day, and they wake up and 
go over the same treadmill again. Mm, it's interesting yeah. from your perspective to know what kind of industries do have that high turnover, and I guess it's logical. It's yeah. logical. And we're going to talk a little bit later about um, the importance of not trying to work in your business constantly and how that does affect your ability to sell. Mm. But um, I guess what other sort of side of things is, um, I mean, for example, when we were looking at buying a home, um, we had a mortgage broker uh, actually value our property at about, uh, sorry, value at our business at a certain amount. And we thought, oh, I never actually thought of that. I never actually realised mm. how much my business was worth. And you were mentioning yesterday that some people get approached by other people to buy their business. Yep. Yeah, sometimes, like, for example, one of um, the buyer of my business have, uh, he used to have a cruise company mm-hmm. and his competitor actually went up to him and go, look, I want to buy buy you out. You know, how much are you willing to sell to me for? He, he never thought of it. He owned it for like 15 years. And then the next thing he knows, he actually sold it for a good price. Yeah, and that's the psychology yeah. of it, isn't it? Because you don't, I guess we don't think of it. I yes. mean, even as a consultant or someone who is the entire business yourself, you might have one or two people working for you, but really it's it's all about you. Psychologically, yeah. it's hard to make that transition and it's hard to visualise your business belonging to someone else or being someone else how do you uh how do you walk people through the the psychology of that sort of thing when they are approached by someone else to say hey i want to buy your business and they go well i you know i I haven't even thought about that where do you start with the psychology of it yeah well first of all they need to prepare for it psychology because a lot of business owners to them the business is their babies Mm. and they build up like you know right from scratch or they bought it from someone else and they spend a lot of time um building over it so basically, they, they need to prepare psychology to let it, let it go. Mm-hmm. And also, um, they'll need to get the information ready as well, mm. like the documentation. It's funny that expression that you use, letting go, because it's exactly yes. right. You really do feel when, when you're in your, in your, in your in, it, it, business, it's, it's, a, it's another child. Yes. Really, it is. And, it is. And we invest so much time. It's not even the money, really, I think. A lot of people might not have a lot of capital that they need to invest. You know, you buy a laptop, you've got a business. But yep. it's all that time and that love and that nurturing that goes into it. Yeah, that's right. And also the clients that they care about, you know, they work so with so many years with the clients and, the, you know, to them, the clients is their family as well. And yeah, it's a good it's, point. Sometimes it's a hard thing for them to let go too, mm, you know, mm. and a lot of actually the business owners that I've talked to, um, one, one of the things that they care about the most is that make sure that the clients are being taken care of. Yes, clients mm. and, and staff as well, of course, because right. those people yeah. might have been with them for many, many years. I exactly. want to make sure. Yeah. Is that something, just as an aside, while we're thinking about the psychology of it, is that something that often people write into the contract? Is is the way that you treat uh, your clients or your clients might be treated by the new owner or your staff might be treated? Is that is that something you see commonly or are people just so excited about selling that they go, well, it's kind of like selling a house. I don't want to say you can't chop down that tree that I love uh, because I don't want to not sell the house. What do you find in your experiences with people like that? With smaller businesses, um, most most of the time it's not written in a contract mm-hmm. because with smaller businesses, uh, you know, the staff, they might be on casual or part-time as well. Um, but usually... What, what we advise and... A couple of years with Small Biz, uh, talking about succession planning for small business. Now, basically, you know, we talk about it um, in terms of thinking about moving on, but we don't really think about when we need to consider 
succession planning. And the reality is, as we were chatting about yesterday, you need to plan to finish. You need to think about your succession planning almost when you begin. How long do you think you'll be in business? Why do you think you might need a succession plan? Is there someone in the family that you'd like to see take over your business? Are you of an age where this isn't going to go on forever? Or are you actually building up a business in order to sell it? Is that is that the point of having the business? So you're an industry leader in um, business buying and selling, and you're here to talk to us about uh, your expertise on the selling process. And you're actually going to come on the show in the next uh, couple of months or so and we're going to talk about the buying process. Yes, that's right. Because it's huge. It's a huge topic and it's a really important one for small businesses. Would you agree? Yes, I do agree with that because a lot of people out there, um, you know, when they're looking at selling, they're not too sure what they need to do in in preparation for it. Mm. And when they're looking at buying, they're not too sure what to look for it. (laughs) That's right. And that's what we're going to help people out with today. So let's talk about... um, uh, what would be the circumstances in which you might be interested in selling your business? So what was it, what would you find with your with your expertise, with your experience? People come to you for obviously various reasons why they might want to sell. Can yep. you give me some examples? Well, with my six years of experience working in the in the in the um, in the industry, uh, there are various reasons why people might sell the business. Mm. Uh, one is they might be looking at retirement. Two is depending on the industry they're in. If they're in hospitality, they might get burned out after five years or three years. Yeah, and like teachers. That's right. <laughs> well, and like lots of people in small business. But you, you reckon hospitality in particular get burnt out? They do get burnt out quite a lot. Is that the because they just work so hard? I mean, anybody who goes to a local cafe, it's just the same guys all the time. They're working those hours. They're there in the opening. Yeah. They're there when it closes. And you reckon that's one of the reasons why it's got a high turnover in business ownership? Yeah, that's right. Because basically, if you look at a cafe that opens at 7, mm. they might have to be there around 6 o'clock mm. or and if they are lucky they close at three they'll finish by around four o'clock but then by by the time when they go back they still have to do all the paperwork the GST the bass the boring stuff mm-hmm. you know and then after that it'll be the next day and they wake up and go over the same treadmill again mm, it's interesting yeah. from your perspective to know what kind of industries do have that high turnover and I guess it's logical it's yeah. logical and we're going to talk a little bit later about um, the importance of not trying to work in your business constantly and how that does affect your ability to sell mm. But um, I guess what other sort of side of things is, um, I mean, for example, when we were looking at buying a home, um, we had a mortgage broker uh, actually value our property at about, uh, sorry, value at our business at a certain amount. And we thought, oh, I never actually thought of that. I never actually realised how much my business was worth. And you were mentioning yesterday that some people get approached by other people to buy their business. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes like, for example, one of um, the buyer of my business have uh, he used to have a cruise company mm-hmm. and his competitor actually went up to him and go look I want to buy buy you out you know how much are you willing to sell to me for he, he never thought of it he owned it for like 15 years and then the next thing he know he actually sold it for a good price yeah and that's the psychology yeah. of it isn't it because you don't I guess we don't think of it I yes. mean even as a consultant or someone who is the entire business yourself you might have one or two people working for you but really it's it's all about you psychologically it's hard to make that transition and it's hard to visualize your business belonging to someone else or being someone else how do you uh how do you walk people through the the psychology of that sort of thing when they are approached by someone else to say hey i want to buy your business and they go well i you know i haven't even thought about that where do you start with the psychology of it yeah well first of all they need to prepare for it psychology because a lot of business owners to them their business is their babies mm. and they build up like you know right from scratch or they bought it from someone else and they spend a lot of time um, building over it 
So basically, they they need to prepare psychology to let it, let it go, mm-hmm. and also um, they'll need to get the information ready as well, mm. like the documentation. It's funny that expression that you use, letting go, because it's exactly yes. right. You really do feel when when you're in your in your in your in, in, in business, it's it's a it's another child. Yes, really, it is, and, it is. and we invest so much time. It's not even the money, really. I think a lot of people might not have a lot of capital that they need to invest. You know, you buy a laptop, you've got a business, but yep. it's all that time and that love and that nurturing that goes into it. Yeah, that's right. And also the clients that they care about, you know, they work so with so many years with the clients and, you know, to them, the clients is their family as well. And yeah, it's a good it's, point. Sometimes it's a hard thing for them to let go too, mm, you know, mm. and a lot of actually the business owners that I've talked to, um, one, one of the things that they care about the most is that make sure that the clients are being taken care of. Yes, clients mm. and, and staff as well, of course, because right. those people yeah. might have been with them for many, many years. I exactly. want to make sure. Yeah. Is that something, just as an aside, while we're thinking about the psychology of it, is that something that often people write into the contract? Is is the way that you treat uh, your clients or your clients might be treated by the new owner or your staff might be treated? Is that is that something you see commonly or are people just so excited about selling that they go, well, it's kind of like selling a house. I don't want to say you can't chop down that tree that I love uh, because I don't want to not sell the house. What do you find in your experiences with people like that? With smaller businesses... Um, well- if you're an ice cream seller, using that example again, mm. uh, your rent doesn't go down in winter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but your, your expenses still stay high, whereas right. your, your profit might not might fluctuate quite a lot. Yeah, that's right. With, with like ice cream businesses, because it's so seasonal mm. that they usually have to adjust on the staff, but they make a huge chunk of their sales during the summer in which they can last for them during the winter as well. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Look, we're going to take a quick break here on Triple H 100.1 FM. You are listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We're talking all about succession planning and the importance of thinking about it when you are a small business. We'll take a break. We'll be back after this on Small Biz Matters, Triple H 100.1 FM. So let's get back into the program. We are talking about business succession planning and we have an expert here, Kanan Lim from New South Wales. Where did it go? Uh, New South Wales Business Agents. Thank you very much for joining us on the program. You are bringing us some expert expertise and a subject we don't think about enough, which is succession planning. Planning for the end, if want for a better word. Now, just before the break, we were talking about what circumstances you might find yourself in when you are selling a business and the psychology of it, uh, why you would want to sell and how to prepare yourself for that um, for that process. Let's talk about the process now. Um, now, tell me what do you need to have in place? What needs to be up to scratch in order to be ready to sell? Just let's talk about paperwork first. What, what do you need to have up to date and uh, what needs to be completely ready to go? Okay, when we talk about paperwork and also f- depending on the size of the business, we're talking about businesses that's under one mil at the moment. Um, most of the time, the paperwork that you'll need will be tax return and up-to-date profit and loss statement mm-hmm. as well as a lease copy from um, you know for your leases and if your business is a franchise then a franchise agreement will be needed as well mm-hmm. yeah and what about um, your staff do you also need to have any timesheets in place or anything that explains uh, what how long people work for you and how much they cost yes you do need that as well um, because buyer will want to look at you know how many hours are your staff doing especially timesheet for yourself as well because mm. it's important because buyers will want to know what sort of hours are you working in the business as well yeah, and also as well as a list of equipments, what do you own in the business and yeah. what, what is on leases. They want to understand all those. So it's really all about uh, how much money you're making mm-hmm. and what um, liabilities you've got 
on the balance sheet. So what, yep. you know, if you've got a piece of equipment, how much of it do you own? How much of it you still owe? Yep. Um, and that carries across when they buy the business, doesn't it? Uh, not, not the liabilities yep. because for small businesses, usually they, when they buy, they buy the business. They, mm-hmm. don't, they don't buy the entity that's holding the business. You know, for example, Propriet, uh, Propriet Limited holding such and such business trading as blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't buy the Propriet Limited. They just buy the business name mm-hmm. and that's what they buy. But the people who have the ownership of the liabilities that rests with the, the owners. PTYLT. That's right. Yep. And that's, I guess, an important point to note because when we're thinking about this and we don't have any experience in this field, we might think holus bolus, they're just, you, everything gets picked up and given to the other person. Whereas I think it's a little bit more complex than that. There's some aspects that remain with the PTYLTD and there's some things that actually do get handed over. Yeah, that's right. A lot of people, they, they thought that you know, they're buying the whole thing. But mm. usually we, have, we tell them you're not actually buying the whole thing because the liabilities doesn't come with the company. Mm. So for smaller businesses, you don't need to worry as much about the balance sheet. But of course, this is a subject matter that you should discuss with your lawyer and solicitor about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's, and that you know, we're going to come around a little bit to who to surround yourself with when it comes mm-hmm. to good people. But um, coming back to what you were saying about the importance of having your paperwork in place. I mean, you know, my listeners with me being a, a BAS agent with Boyd Office Management Service, proud supporters of Triple H. I'm a fan of making sure people are up to date and this is an example of where you really need to make sure that everything is hunky-dory with the ATO and with your accountant, that they have all the paperwork, that the paperwork is at hand. And when I say paperwork, I don't mean paperwork because we should all be aiming to try and become paper-free, but the actual documentation and the the evidence, um, that that is very easy to hand over. It's kind of like... You know, I imagine that you'd probably come across a number of businesses that have to do, do a succession plan without any warning. Yes. We you know, because of illness or, or that sort of thing. Yeah. One of the hardest things that we face is that the business doesn't have enough paperwork, doesn't have enough supported documents to support the price that they want for the business. You see, because as what we mentioned earlier, a lot of people, when they start the business, they never thought about selling it, which... You know, they always should have an exit strategy when they start the business because that will help you to organize your business much better. Mm. Because of, especially in terms of paperwork, if you got all the paperwork from day one mm. and you can show all that to the buyer, the buyer will gain so much confidence about business. So we're talking about adding value to your yes. business simply by being organized. That's right. Oh, yeah. music to my ears. and say I'm such a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for example, like one of, one of the um, business I saw that is at a really short time frame, which is like two weeks. May I and ask what the circumstances were for that? Was it because of an illness or? No, it was just because he, he had the business for a while and then he is venturing going going some um, another, to another field. Yep. So he need to clear off and get the capital so he can invest the money into his other venture. All right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And then so basically because he, he is a very organized seller and he got paperwork from day one and he got all the weekly sales report, everything ready. We will manage to attract a lot of buyers in a very short amount of time and the whole business just 
sold it in a very short amount of time as well because of him getting all the information ready. Yeah, it's like selling anything. More buyers means increased price. That's right. More yeah. organised. You can show very quickly what your value of your business is and it looks more valuable. I mean, to have all that mm. documentation would be absolutely fantastic. Yes, so it's very, very important. And so the businesses on the other side of the coin that don't have their paperwork in place that might be a couple of basses behind that are mm. still floundering to find all those bits of documents and they're not all in one place. Like mm. I, I do talk a lot about trying to be paper-free on, on the program and trying to bring all of your documentation into, into one place. Even better is a good accounting software that that can all sit in. Yep. But other than that, you've also got your Google Drive, your Dropbox, even an internal server that you can use. But something where it all sits and it's all very nicely organised, that at the end of the day is going to mean more money for your business if you're succession planning. Yeah, definitely. Because buyer, because imagine, I would say you're, you're looking at 70 to 80% of the businesses out there that is small businesses we're talking about. Um, they, they don't because that will help you to organize your business much better mm. because of, especially in terms of paperwork. If you got all the paperwork from day one mm. and you can show all that to the buyer, the buyer will gain so much confidence about business. So we're talking about adding value to yes. your business simply by being organized. That's right. Oh, yeah. music to my ears. I say I'm such a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for example, like one of, one of the um, business I sold that is at a really short time frame, which is like two weeks. May I and ask what the circumstances were for that? Was it because of an illness or? No, it was just because he, he had the business for a while and then he is venturing going going some um, another, to another field. Yep. So he need to clear off and get the capital so he can invest the money into his other venture. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And then so basically because he, he is a very organized seller and he got paperwork from day one and he got all the weekly sales report, everything ready. We will manage to attract a lot of buyers in a very short amount of time and the whole business just sold it in a very short amount of time as well because of him getting all the information ready. Yeah, it's like selling anything. More buyers means increased price. That's right. More yeah. organised. You can show very quickly what your value of your business is and it looks more valuable. I mean, to have all that mm. documentation would be absolutely fantastic. Yes, so it's the very, very important. And so the businesses on the other side of the coin that don't have their paperwork in place that might be a couple of bass behind that are mm. still floundering to find all those bits of documents and they're not all in one place. Like mm. I, I do talk a lot about trying to be paper-free on, on the program and trying to bring all of your documentation into, into one place. Even better is a good accounting software that that can all sit in. Yep. But other than that, you've also got your Google Drive, your Dropbox, even an internal server that you can use. But something where it all sits and it's all very nicely organised, that at the end of the day is going to mean more money for your business if you're succession planning. Yeah, definitely. Because buyer, because imagine, I would say you're, you're looking at 70 to 80% of the businesses out there that is small businesses we're talking about. Um, they they don't have the paperwork. So that that's is... That's really your experience is yeah, the majority of them. That's right. <laughs> and that's what the buyers are experiencing. Mm. So when they finally found one business that actually had the paperwork ready for them, they're really excited. And they usually have tremendous confidence in that business compared to others that doesn't have yeah. paperwork or missing pieces here and there. Yeah, because there are people out there who do this professionally. They buy a business. Yes. They will buy it. They will be interested in the ones that are organized and ready to go. Mm. They bring it up themselves and then they sell. This That's is right. this is their business, buying and selling businesses. Yep. And mm -hmm. those are the ones you really want to attract. Yes. 
because I guess right. those guys really know the value of, of what it is that you're selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we talked a little bit before about timesheets for staff. Relatively easy to get hold of if you've got a payroll system in place, you've got all your documentation, you've made sure that everybody is employed correctly and getting paid <laughs> the correct award wage and all the um, allowances and stuff that go with that. Um, what about yourself? So we talked a little bit yesterday about the fact that a lot of businesses, the owners work in the business Mm -hmm. with no evidence of how many hours they would do each week because they're not on payroll. They don't pay themselves. Um, Does that put people off? Uh, Yes, it does. Um, It's important that the owners, they, you know, they can document once again how, how many hours they work in the business because... Majority of, of the buyers that are looking at buying a small business, they, they're not experienced business owners, mm. you know, and in, their, in, their, in the back of their mind, they're not looking at working 70, 80 hours a week. Mm. So if, if you're working... Well, then don't get into small business. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because, because for them, they're, they're used to the 40 hours working life, the full-time working life. They, they, don't, they might not look at how many hours a business owners work. But also at the same time, there are a lot of you know, benefits in owning a business as well. That's why still so many people are in the business. But yes, so it is important to document how many hours you work um, as much as you can, or at least understand what is the type of work that you, you're involved in in the business. Because when a buyer looking at business, they, they want to know that, first of all, if, if you're not in the business, is the business going to go down? That's, that's one of the things yeah, they'll the worry key, about. the key man. Is the key man missing? That's right. Does that mean that there is no business? That's right. And the second thing is they want to know how difficult is your work? Can they handle it? You mm, know? Can so they do it? Yeah. Can they do it? So those, those are some of the questions that the buyer will definitely ask. With regards to having everything in place and being ready and even giving us some psychological thought with the process, what is the ideal lead-in time to get your paperwork in place, like in your experience, if I'm thinking about this, right, how long do I need to, to get everything organised, make sure I've got everything in place? I mean, you said you, you can do this in two weeks. For someone who is completely up to date with the ATO and has mm-hmm. all the timesheets in place and all the documentation yes. at hand, that's pretty quick. But the reality is, I guess people who aren't very organised or, or don't have anything planned, how long should they allow for in reality when working in a business themselves? Hmm. I mean, my brain's saying six months. Yeah. It, well, we're, we're hopefully shorter than that. Yeah. <laughs> when we can. But from the moment they think about it to mm. the moment that it actually happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think realistically people need that length of yeah, time. Yeah, they to- do need around six six months from the start. Mm till the settlement day when they can yeah you know, not that you business. should put people off because yeah. that's it's, it's definitely a it's a relatively simple process when that's you've right. got a broker involved and you can you can have someone to hand holding and help you through the process that's all fine and well but i just think when you add in the psychology of it thinking about it um where you sit in the business mm. are you ready to do it okay let's get our paperwork in place and you may not go ahead but what a great exercise for a business to sit there and go oh i wonder what my business is worth oh I wonder how I would feel about selling. Oh, I yes. wonder if I can get my paperwork in place. <laughs> yes, it is, it is a good exercise even if you're not looking at selling your business because there are some businesses that I went and talked to. I asked them, how much are you making a week? They don't have a clue. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always surprised at it. How, how can you not have a clue yeah. of how much are you making? Or if, if you wanted to pay yourself, what could you afford to pay yourself? That's right. You it's know, quite you, amazing. Yeah, you, you don't go to work and then work for 
40 hours a week mm. and then you don't know how much is in your bank account. You know how much is in your bank account for yeah, sure. But that's not cash flow. You a know. bank account balance is not cash flow. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. So all those things that, that factor in and really what you've got to think about it. And I suppose one of those things that you go through when you are thinking about succession planning is introducing the concept of a management consultant. Yep. And I try to get as much information to him as possible. But the next thing is I got an offer from another buyer. And That's then right. the next time he came back to me and requesting more information, I just go, sorry, we we're going to have a buyer. Yeah. You know, and he missed out. Some, yeah. Because in the business world, that's what it is. When you, when you actually see a good business, you need to find out what you need to know for, your, um, what you need to know for, for buying the business and do your due diligence. But at the same time, you also have to be quick in making decisions as well because there's not a lot of, you know, great businesses out there. Mm, that are available to buy. That's right. I'm going to compare this to something that we are all very familiar with, and that's buying a house. Mm-hmm. You've got to do your due diligence. Yep. You've got to be able to move fast if you find the one you, that you want. That's right. And you've got loads of other buyers around you that can spot a good house at the same time as you do. That's right. And unfortunately, they, they probably like this the house as much as you do. Yeah, and have exactly <laughs> the same reasons why you need this house as they do. Yeah. And... Um, I guess that's uh, that's kind of leads in nicely as to why you would engage with uh, a, a business broker. I think to me, this is even, I mean, you know, some people do engage with people who buy houses for them. That's, yeah, that's okay. But we all like to think that we, we're clever enough to be able to do this. But I think anybody that engages with buying a business mm-hmm. or even selling a business without a broker would, would be nuts, quite mm. frankly, because even just... Even just talking about, even with my understanding of admin and understanding of the books and all that sort of stuff, there were still a lot of things that we talked about yesterday that I really didn't realise was part of the process. And I think you'd be crazy to buy or sell a business without a broker in hand. So what should people expect if they engage with a good broker? What what would they expect to have have come with that? Yep. Look, the most important thing with a good broker is you want to find out how long has it been in in the industry? Mm. You see, because in our industry, um, there's actually quite a high turnover of brokers because a lot of people cannot make past the first and the second year. Wow. Okay. Unfortunately, that's, um, a, that's a good. It's a good uh, barometer, isn't it? How yes, long they've been in business? How long they've been they've been in business? It's kind of like business and, coaches. You wouldn't engage with a business coach that hasn't run a business themselves or yes. doesn't have a fully fledged business that they themselves are running because how could they possibly understand how that works? Exactly. And as a business broker, it's also important um, that they have owned a business as well. Like for example, for myself, I've owned a small business before. So I understand, you know, what it is from the start to the end mm-hmm. with all the business planning as well and mm-hmm. the selling part of it as well. Is there a yeah. professional organisation for business brokers that people should ensure that they are a member of? Um, yes, we do. We uh, There is a... Um, called Australian Institute of Business Brokers, mm-hmm. AIBB, mm-hmm. and also business brokers, they get the license and the certificates as well mm-hmm. from the uh, Real Estate of Institute of New South Wales. Awesome. Yeah. That's very important. I mean, that's the same with anybody that you engage with, with a good consultant. Yeah. And right. um, and obviously through the process, you need, it's not just about the business broker. Who else is involved in the process? You definitely need a really good lawyer. That's one of the most important things. Don't we all? <laughs> and what right. are we looking for when, when you're looking for a, a good lawyer for your clients or someone who is good at looking at buying and selling businesses? We're not talking about the family lawyer who lives down the street, are we? No, and we're not talking about conveyances or you know lawyers that does the property as well because it's a two different thing. They need to they need to be in the commercial law. Mm-hmm. They need to understand the business in order to understand 
you know, the contracts and things of it. Um, response time from the lawyer is very, very important as well because especially for the sellers, mm-hmm. if you have a lawyer that responds very slowly, your whole deal can drag from six months to eight months to nine months. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that sounds to me what we're talking about, a lot of timelines at the moment where, you know, we've mm. got the lead-in time, there's the turnaround time and there's there's being able to move quick when you have the opportunity to sell to someone and they've said that they're interested. You That's don't right. want your lawyer dragging their feet for yeah, two weeks. Yeah, because people do get cold feet. Mm. You know, that that's just in the in the psychology of human mm-hmm, being. Mm-hmm. You know, once once they decide to buy something and they put in an offer, the next thing they'll think about is, am I making the right decision? That's the next thing. And we're yeah. not. I know I did mention earlier that there are people who professionally buy and sell businesses, but largely you don't deal with those sort of buyers. It's mostly people who are looking, like you said, consultants looking to come out of full time work, or yep. somebody looking for a change, a tree change, or something different. That's right. Yeah, so it is yeah. just your, your Joe Blow. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's the psychology. People can just balk. Yeah, because if they've never owned a business before, they, they will be scared. It's, mm. it's a very normal process. Mm. And that's why it's important to, um, you know, make the process much smoother and faster for them as well too. And also some people, when, they, when they're into buying a business, they might already quit the job. You see, so if, if the whole process get dragged on longer, yeah. then they start to get worried about the income for their family. Yeah, and that yeah. makes sense. I think as well, once you mentioned as part of the process is that um, uh, it's good to have someone to hold your hand through it. Mm. Do you engage with like sort of a round table where you've got people sitting down talking to one another? Is that is that part of it as well? Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah because it's, it is imp- very important on that because uh, as, when we first engage the seller, We'll let the seller know what is the wholesaling process. Uh-huh. And when we talked with the buyer, we'll get an understanding of their background. And we also let them know what is it that they want to look at. And after we've, quali- we've done the qualification, then um, I will sit them down and have a roundtable discussion and which the buyer can just ask any questions they have with the seller. I'm busting to know what's, what's the weirdest question you've ever heard asked at one of those tables. Hmm. Or are they pretty normal? They're pretty normal most of the time. I haven't really got a weirdest one. Do people sit down with like a list of questions and then pepper the seller or they? it's a bit more casual and a bit more relaxed? Yeah, we do have people sitting down with like a whole two A4 pages. <laughs> it's like an interview. <laughs> well, yeah, it is an interview, right. I guess. It's kind yeah, of like, you know, you, you, you're buying into a job. Yeah. Really? But you're the one buying into the job. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> you're the one who needs to know the information. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really good. And and in particular, what I find interesting is that um, you, you've got that sit down. But how many? I do people stalk the other business. Like if you're buying a house in a neighbourhood, yeah. You do the drive by. Yeah. You check out what happens at night. You check out what happens in the morning. How many people are parked on the street? How's the parking? How's yep. the lighting? You know, is it really noisy? Are there dogs barking? Is it the same thing when you buy a business? Do yeah. people stalk it? Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Definitely. Accept that, that if you're a seller, that's part of the process. You yes. keep seeing the same car drive around the block and that's checking right. you out. This is guy. We'll get an understanding of their background and we'll also let them know what is it that they want to look at. And after we've quali- we've done the qualification, then um, I will sit them down and have a roundtable discussion and which the buyer can just ask any questions they have with the seller. I'm busting to know what's what's the weirdest question you've ever heard asked at one of those tables. Hmm. Or are they pretty normal? 
they're, they're pretty normal most of the time. I haven't really got the weirdest one. Do people sit down with like a list of questions and then pepper the seller or they it's a bit more casual and a bit more relaxed? Yeah, we do have people sitting down with like a whole two A4 pages. <laughs> it's like an interview. <laughs> well, yeah, it is an interview, right. I guess. It's kind yeah, of like, you know, you, you, you're buying into a job. Yeah. Really? But you're the one buying into the job. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> you're the one who needs to know the information. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's really good. And and in particular, what I find interesting is that um, you, you've got that sit down. But how many? I do people stalk the other business. Like if you're buying a house in a neighbourhood, yep. you do the drive by. Yep. You check out what happens at night. You check out what happens in the morning. How many people are parked on the street? How's the parking? How's yep. the lighting? You know, is it really noisy? Are there dogs barking? And is it the same thing when you buy a business? Do yeah. people stalk it? Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Definitely. Accept that, that if you're a seller, that's part of the process. Yes. You keep seeing the same car drive around the block and that's checking right. you out. This is guy who turns up for coffee a lot in yeah. your coffee shop. They always go, oh, is, is that buyer the one that's sitting off, yeah. the, off the, you know, the bus stop right yeah. to sit there? Yeah, yeah, the creepy guy with the with the glasses <laughs> pretending to read a magazine. <laughs> well, that yeah, that that's quite interesting, isn't it? Look, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We will be back after... After this. And welcome back to Small Biz Matters, the half hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. And we are working on our businesses big time today. We are talking all about succession planning. We're thinking about the psychology of it and how you go from the, the very thought. What is it that makes you want to sell your business? What gives you the idea? Is it because you've got a kid who's expressed an interest in taking over or is it because of life changes or circumstances that mean you need to sell? And I guess the key point that I've really taken away from this today, Kanan, is is be organised. Yes. Be ready because... Um, in a way, you have to you have to add this as part of your business plan almost from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be a great thing if you can add it, you know, at the start. Yeah, not that we ever do. Not that I've seen a single business plan from any business plan coach or anybody who says, "By the way, have you thought about what's happening at the end of all of this?" Yeah, it's just not not the part of it. But I think that's what I was talking about last week with with planning and how it does evolve. Maybe everyone should sit down and dust off that. 25-page business plan they did right at the beginning, which was a total waste of time, and actually look through it and say, right, I'm going to add a new part to the end of it, which is, you know, how old are you? Mm. That's, a, that's a really big thing. How old are you? Yep. You know, how, how, how long do you want to be doing this for? That's right, yeah. Um, is it worth anything? Yep. You know? Oh, well, one of the things I was going to ask you as well is, is, is one of the services that a good a business broker that would provide is, is to help value a business? We don't we don't value a business. We do help in appraising a business. So uh-huh. there is a difference in there because um, in for for evaluation, mm. you really would need to get a, another expert, a business valuer, to value a business. And that's a different kettle of fish. That's a different kettle. Got of fish, it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you're very serious about it and you yeah. go right, I am going to do this in three to six months time. Mm-hmm. I have got all my paperwork in place. I am up to date with the ATO and my bases and all of that. My yes. timesheets are up to date with my staff. I have a manager in place yep. so that I can walk away from the business very easily. Mm-hmm. And I'm psychologically prepared to hand over this baby to someone else. So all of those things are in place. Yep. And you go, right, I'm very serious about this. It's a valuer that, that you would approach just to work out what the value is. That's right. It would, depends on the size of the business. Mm. And what you what you want to achieve? Mm. If it's a smaller business, it's usually an appraisal on you know what your business is roughly worth worth in the marketplace. It's sufficient. It's sufficient. Yeah. But if you need it, for example, for some cases like divorce or you know or someone want to invest into your company, 
um, or if it's someone is going to take over your business, mm-hmm. um, then that you probably will need a business value in which we work with as well in a company. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's another good person to have in your that's right. in your armory. You've yes. got your good lawyer, you've got your good business broker, you've got your good business valuer. Valuers as well. Okay, yep. and I presume that a good business broker would have those sort of connections to be able to assist. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So give us a quick plug. Uh, tell us how people can find about you and um, where they can find out about your business. Yep, so... Um, you know, feel free to come to our website www.newsouthworldbusinessagents.com.au, and I'm Kanan. So just give me a call, or if you need a free consultation on selling your business, feel free to drop me an email. And you're nice and local too. Yes, we love local right. people. <laughs> <laughs> Look, thank you very much for coming on the program. In a couple of months' time, we're going to have you back, and we're going to take the buyer's perspective. Yep. So anybody who's interested in, in investing or buying into a business or buying an in business as a whole, yep. um, you got to chat to us more about that. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. Love to come. Thanks everyone for listening to Triple H one hundred point one FM. We will ba- be back next week with another awesome guest. And uh, thank you again, Kanan, for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you, Alexi. <laughs> we'll see you all next week, Tuesdays nine AM. Small Biz Matters, the half hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd. I'll see you then.